Hey guys, I'm Logan. And I'm Patsy. And this is Chills, a true crime podcast. One that's sure to give you chills. All right, so I'm sure you guys are going to tell that there are a couple of new things, little changes right now that we got going on. I have a terrible cold, and so I didn't want to. I didn't want to get my mom sick, and so we are recording like virtually from two different places. So, yeah, the audio may be a little bit wonky and crazy, um, but I apologize if it is. Yeah, but we'll get we, through it. Yeah, it'll be all right. We are just going to jump right into it because I don't want to talk anymore than I have to. So today we are covering our very first serial killer, which is Danny Rowling, a.k.a. the Gainesville Ripper. So Mm. I don't want to spend too much time talking about him because, I mean, honestly, I don't really care about his life. Um, But I feel like Danny Rowling is definitely one of the serial killers that was like made and not born. So I do kind of want to talk about that for a second. So his father was a police officer who frequently told him he was unwanted. He abused Danny, his mom, and his brother. As a teenager, Danny was arrested on several occasions for robberies as well as spying on women while they changed. In 1972, he was kicked out of the Air Force for drug possession. He went on to marry a woman named Omother Halico. I have no idea how to say her name. Hopefully I'm saying that correctly. Also, as always, disclaimer, you're probably going to hear Tinsley whining. She is going to do this. In every episode, we apologize. She's very, very needy. Anyway, so they did go on to have a daughter, but eventually she left him after he started abusing her. So after the divorce, he went off the deep end and raped a woman who resembled his ex-wife. So she looked very similar to him and... Or, She looked very similar to his ex-wife, and so he saw her one day and ended up raping her. Wow. Yeah. So he also started going back to his teenage ways of robbing, which led led to his arrest in 1979. He was in and out of jail all throughout the 1980s. So now let's move on to his very first victim. Okay. So, I'm going to give you a little rundown of his victims. First off, just who they were, because, honestly, the story is about them, not about him. And I feel like it's important to know who they were as people. So, William Tom Grissom, who was 55, was divorced and was an AT&T supervisor. He was described as being polite, friendly, and respectable, and had been battling throat cancer for years. Julie Grissom was his daughter and 24-year-old. 24 years old at the time she was majoring in marketing and was very close to graduating sean who was eight he was a third grader and was visiting his grandfather grandfather and aunt for the weekend all right so around 8 30 that morning sean's mother called police after calling her father-in-law's home and receiving no answer and learning from sean's school that he wasn't in class police then reached out to her neighbors asking them to see if the residence was unlocked At 8.45 a.m., three neighbors went to the home and opened the door to the utility room of the garage. This is whenever the first body was discovered. William's body, which was the grandpa and the dad, was slumped against the door, blocking the entrance to the utility room. He had multiple stab wounds in his back and chest. Sean, who was the eight-year-old, was found laying face down on the floor in the living room. He had one knife wound in his back that exited through the chest. He was watching TV whenever he was attacked. And I want to point out, yeah, William was 
more than likely they think that he was like grilling that night and so he like kind of got like caught whenever he was like going back into the house to like get something Mm -hmm. and so that's I mean it's such a normal thing and so it's kind of crazy to even think about like just a Saturday night grilling and then oh guess what you're gonna be murdered so Julie was found in the bedroom she was naked and partially hanging off the bed her legs were spread open and she had been bitten multiple times she was stabbed at least three times yeah she was stabbed at least three times in the back but was left facing up vinegar was applied to her body I looked into this and I don't really understand what this was I'm assuming maybe to like get rid of evidence I would think because that is odd yeah, I mean, I guess, I don't know why you'd use vinegar of all things, but, I mean, I guess vinegar does mm-hmm. and stuff, but I would think to use, like, bleach or something over vinegar. Maybe they didn't have any vinegars all they had. Who knows? Yeah. That is odd. So, detectives believe the trio was killed around 6 to 8 p.m. the Saturday before their bodies were found. So, their bodies were found that Monday, because if you remember, his mom, like, kept calling, because he was like, okay, Sean hasn't shut up for school his teacher called me and said he's not at school and so his mom kept calling and couldn't get a hold of them so that is whenever she called the police to do like a welfare check and that's whenever the bodies were found so it happened saturday night and they were just do- literally doing normal everyday things just grilling having you know a fun saturday night visiting your grand like your grandma or <laughs> visiting your grandpa and your aunt like it's crazy to me yeah that's that's sad yeah so they were found on november 6th so this happened on november 4th i know i realize now that i didn't say whenever this actually happened ah it's that sickness brain that's what it is sickness brain all right yeah so at this point there was no sex suspects but i mean obviously we know who did it because i've already told you (laughs) So, a couple months later, on May 1990, Danny Rowling shot his father in the head during an argument. This occurred at his parents' home, where he was staying, which was just 10 minutes from where the Grissom murders took place. Wow. Yeah, he was actually staying with his parents at the time that this murder took place. Literally Mm. just 10 minutes away. So, it literally could have been anyone. Yeah. So, it's crazy. I wonder why he picked them. Yeah. So after shooting his father, which I do want to point out that his father did live, um, I read something where he like lost vision in his eye, like lost his eye and then couldn't hear out of one of his ears. So, like I said, he fled from his home, making his way down to Florida. So early on a Friday morning, which was August 24th, Danny broke into the apartment of 17-year-old freshman Sonja Larson and Christina Powell. Christina was asleep on the couch downstairs. Danny stood over her but did not wake her. He then went upstairs to explore the rest of the house. This is where he found Sonja sleeping in her bed. He first taped her mouth shut to muffle her screams. She woke up when this happened. He started stabbing oh, her. I know. That's terrifying. That's literally my worst. Yeah. Me too. That in the shower. Yeah. He started stabbing her while she tried to fight him off. He continued to stab her until she passed away. 
He went back downstairs mm. where he then taped Christina's mouth, bound her wrist behind her back. She was awoken and he threatened to kill her while he cut her clothes off. He then raped her and then stabbed her five times in the back. So he made her get down on like all fours and stabbed mm-hmm. her that way. Wow. He then posed both of the bodies in sexually provoc- provocative positions. Christina Powell wanted to be an architect and build homes for those less fortunate. Sandra mm-hmm. Larson wanted to be a teacher and help children any way she could. He then took a shower at the apartment before leaving. The next day, Danny pried open the sliding door of 18-year-old Krista Hoyt's apartment using a knife and screwdriver. Krista wasn't home, and so Danny waited in her living room for her to return, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. Like, I would assume that he would just get, like, bored and just leave, but no, he waited for her. So around 11 a.m., Krista entered their apartment. Danny came up behind her and put her in a chokehold. He then taped her mouth, bound her wrist, and led her to the bedroom where he cut off her clothes and raped her. He then stabbed her in the back the same way as he did the other woman, rupturing her heart. Wow. Uh, this part is, like, real graphic and honestly, like, uh, hard to even say. He then decapitated the body and posed her head <gasps> on a shelf facing the corpse. No. Yeah. Like, oh I can't gosh. even imagine who found her body. I tried to look into who found it, but I couldn't find who found it. So I'm hoping it was just, like, the police and it was, like, a welfare check. But even with the police, I mean, I'm sure that was, like, a terrifying sight to see. But, I mean, I would hate for it to be someone who actually knew her. Like, because you're never going to get that out of your head. Mm-mm, I mean, even never. if you're a police officer, you're never going to get that out of your head. But if you, yeah. if that was, like, a loved one that found her, like, holy crap. That would be awful. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I can't even imagine. And that, like, I feel like that just goes to show, like, what type of a person he was. And just, like, kind of how, like, yeah, like, how fucked up. And also how, like, psychological, like, torture that he wanted to give to mm-hmm. other people. Like, even after he killed his victims. Like, he wanted other people to also feel it. Like, it's it's crazy. And possibly for no reason. Yeah. You know, I mean, just, just to pick somebody out and just do it. And, well, and not have I'll go into a little support. bit more detail as to why. But with okay. this particular... I'll go into a little bit more detail as to why later. Okay. But just remind me to talk about Krista. Anyway. So, Krista wanted to be a chemical engineer and was said to always be smiling by family and friends. But I'm sure, like, I can't even imagine, like, coming home. and Like, that's my worst fear is coming home. Honestly, I have a lot of fears. Uh, <laughs> but coming home and having someone in my house and then going to sleep and finding someone in my house. Yeah. Those are so terrifying. It is. That's so scary. So, at this point, students were freaking out because, obviously, you know, they've already had three murders. And so they started changing up their routines, sleeping in groups, and just taking a lot of extra precautions. Wow. Yeah, I'm, I can't even imagine being a college, college student. student. You know, yeah. Like, I can't imagine. So on Monday, August 27th, Rowling broke into the apartment of 23-year-old Tracy Pauls and Manny Tabadoa. Hopefully I'm saying that correctly. Um, and he was also 23. 
He got in by prying open the sliding glass door, as he did with all of the other victims. Manny was asleep in his bed when Danny walked in, and a struggle ensued, and eventually Danny killed him. Uh, I'm not sure how, but I believe it was stabbing. Hearing the sounds, that is whenever uh, Tracy walked down to Manny's bedroom and saw Danny. So, holy crap, that was probably crazy. Like, okay, so she was probably asleep in her bed and, like, heard all of these noise. And she's like, oh, my God, that's weird. I wonder what's going on. Then walked down there and to see that happening, holy crap. So she ran back into her bedroom and attempted to barricade, like, her bedroom door shut. But Mm -hmm. Annie broke through the door. So I know, I know for me, and I'm sure everyone else, they, like, whenever you think about, okay, what would I do if this happened to me? You'd be like, okay, I would barricade my door shut. And, like, I would just, like, stand there. And, like, eventually he would just leave. So I'm sure, like, in her mind, she was like, okay, I'm going to do this and everything will be fine. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're so terrified, but you're like, okay, as long as I can get to my bedroom and, like, shut this door, it'll be fine. So, oh, I can't even imagine. Like, I can't. I just can't. That's so scary. So, like I said, he broke through the door. He then bound her, taped her mouth shut, and then raped her. (sighs) And then he put her on her hands and knees and stabbed her in the back three times. He then posed her body in a sexual manner. (laughs) So, Tracy was said to be beautiful and intelligent, and she was studying to be a lawyer. Manny was said to be incredibly incredibly smart and talented. He was passionate about oh my goodness, words this sickness. He was passionate passionate about becoming an architect. Okay, so then on September 7th, 1990, Danny Rowling was arrested in Ocala, hopefully I'm saying that correctly, for a burglary charge. And in the course of that investigations, his tools, so the tools that he used to um, pry open the doors, the sliding glass mm-hmm. doors, they were matched to marks that were left at the crime scenes. And so that's how they got him. They didn't even get mm-hmm. him. Yeah, they didn't even get him because he was murdering someone else. They got him because of a robbery. Wow. Yeah. So basically he was being careless and stupid and got himself caught, but thank God because there's no telling what, who else would have well, been imagine, murdered. Yeah, imagine if he wouldn't have had his tools with him, though. Yeah, that's true. They wouldn't have linked that. Like, that would have been crazy. So, he has set up a camp in a wooded area near the apartment complexes, frequented by students, including those of his victims. So, he just basically, like, set up, like, a little tent out in the woods. Not in, like, a campground or anything. Just literally out in the woods. And so, whenever, like, investigators found this little campsite that he had created... They actually found recorded audio diaries alluding to the crimes. Hmm. Yeah. And they, like, they said on, like, some of the tapes. So, like, there were tapes where he was, like, kind of talking about the crimes. And then mixed in with those same tapes were, like, him singing. Wow. So weird. Yeah. Like, so freaking weird. So he was charged with several counts of murder in November 1991 and was brought to trial nearly four years after the murders. He claimed his motive was to become a superstar like Ted Bundy. In 1994, before his trial, Danny Rowling unexpectedly pled guilty to all charges. He was sentenced to death on each count. 
After Rowling was arrested, police in Louisiana alerted the authorities in Florida about the unsolved murders of William, Julie, and Sean. So that's how they linked those. Because um, for that whole entire time, for years, that was an unsolved case. And that mm-hmm. ended up how it got linked. So shortly before Danny was executed in Florida for the series of killings in Gainesville, he handed his spiritual advisor a handwritten confession and apology to the to the Grissom triple. Oh, my goodness. So shortly before Danny was executed in Florida for the series of killings in Gainesville, he handed his spiritual advisor a handwritten confession and apology for the Grissom triple murder. So he never admitted to it. He always, like, said that he was innocent of that crime. And then mm-hmm. um, literally the day that he was set to be executed, he uh, had, had written this note. And I found where um, almost all of, like, his victims' families actually showed up for his execution to witness it. Uh, yeah, I've, I've heard of that happening. Yeah. Um, they actually want it happen. And know that, you know, he's, he's done. He's gone. Yeah. Just to, like, can never be. Yourself. Yeah, that he can, he can never be released for whatever reason. Yeah. I can never do this to anyone else. Um, he was executed by lethal injection um, on October 25th, 2006. This, I found, I mean, I hate to say interesting, but I do find it kind of interesting. So, just because it's, I mean, I have no other word to say, but interesting. I'm trying to think of another word and I can't. <laughs> so, his Intriguing. murders, what? Intriguing. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't really know if it's intriguing, but it's it's interesting. So his murders inspired screenwriter Kevin Williamson to write the script of the 1996 slasher film Scream. Mm. Yeah. So wow. That's actually Did not know that. No, me either. That's actually how I found this case was like something I was reading something about Scream. Don't ask me why, but I was. It was one of those Yahoo ads, you know, the Yahoo things that mm-hmm. pop up. And that's actually how I came about it was this finding out about that. That's what it came from. So I thought that was kind of like interesting and kind of crazy at the same time. Like that's wild. And also I don't really know the correlation, I guess really just college students. Yeah, I would say so. That's probably it because that's not I like have watched. Yeah. Yeah, I watch Scream and I don't really see a whole lot of resemblance, but I guess I could see where there's certain things that they might pick out of it. And yeah, hmm. um, I'm sure that he like yeah, saw yes. just like the mayhem that he was causing in Gainesville yeah. and how like all of the these... terror. I mean, the terror of these college students. Yeah, and that's probably what like, inspired him. Yeah, and interested like he found interesting about it. So, there is a memorial to the five students on the 34th Street Wall in Gainesville. And I will post a picture of all the victims, obviously, as well as this wall. Um, I, like, you'll you'll probably want to do this, Mom. Um, I, like, went and looked at where you can do, like, the Google Maps and you can, like, walk it. And it was really cool mm-hmm. to, like, look and see, like, this whole, it's just this big, huge street wall. And um, I guess in the beginning, I mean, because technically it's, like, kind of vandalism because it's literally like people that have actually like painted it like you know spray paint right graffiti yeah yeah that's the word i was trying to think of and it could not come <laughs> to me. 
But yeah, that's what it is. It's like a, a giant graffiti wall. And, you know, technically it is vandalism, but like, and for a while they would like paint over it and stuff for like a couple of years. And then eventually they're just like, okay, no, we're just going to make this like, you know, we're just going to leave this here. Memorial, it's gonna be a memorial wall. And so there's just like a bunch of different things on the wall. There's like, um, near the this memorial for the five students um there's a tom petty memorial as well and it's really cool and uh i read online where this specific like memorial for the five students it has been like vandalized like i think three times or something like that and every single time within like 24 hours somebody is there to redo it why would you vandalize something like that that people are bringing tribute to that's just people i don't understand suck. people yeah i don't either wow. people fucking suck but i think it's awesome that people are just like okay we gotta get this fixed let's do it yeah they're not they're not letting people forget it you yeah. know what i mean exactly exactly because i mean it's 2019 it's been a long time and it's yeah i think it's awesome that people aren't gonna let i mean you're not gonna forget it so i mean as mentioned Previously, I told you kind of, I would explain as to why he did it, at least as Mm -hmm. to why the police believe he did it. So they believe that all of his killings had to do with his ex-wife, who was a petite brunette head, which was also what four of the victims were. Because if you remember, we had the man and he was just there because he was the roommate. And then we had the little boy and the dad but again they just lived in the house so they were just there and so all of the other women they were petite brunettes and they reminded of him his wife and so police believe that he literally just like saw them out doing something so he thinks that he just saw so they think that he was just like driving by like julie and william's house and he saw like maybe julie outside or something and that's what led him to do that and then same with the other women. He think They think that the, he just saw him. It reminded him of his ex-wife. And he just went for it. But what I don't understand is if he had so much resentment towards his ex-wife, why didn't he just go after her? I don't know. Serial killers are why would you go after? Why would you go after innocent people that do nothing or did nothing to you? Serial killers are weird. Nice. Yeah. Serial killers are really weird. Yeah, and then like you said that there was recordings of him laughing and stuff and it's like no and remorse. Singing. Yeah, and singing and to chop off somebody's head. That that's what really just, gets me. That was yes. real messed up. There actually may be a part that I I feel like there's maybe a part of like something like that in Scream. I don't know. There's so many different screams. You I know what I mean? I it's haven't like, watched it in a long time, but I feel like that sounds familiar. That that may be in a scream movie. Gosh, yeah. I know it's crazy. No, I'll never, I'll never look at scream the same. <laughs> no, me either. No, it came from possibly true, true events in real life. Yeah, it, that's yeah. That was the inspiration behind it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know it's wild. He was a sicko. Yeah. As most serial killers are. 99.9%. Well, no. We're going to go with 100%. <laughs> yeah. That's that's like last week I was talking about the, you know, 
I wonder what the brain looks like of a serial killer. Mm-hmm. I guess it wasn't last week. It may have been the week before last. I can't remember. But, you know, because there's no way that their brain can be the same as ours. There's got to be something in there that's different to have people think that way. You know, a different part of their brain has to be. Yeah. I don't want to say infected, but, you know, it's it's got to be different than what ours yeah. is. Because I would never ever think about hurting somebody never mind killing somebody i mean i don't even like running over animals i cry when i run over animals you know i just i can't imagine intentionally hurting someone or something or even killing them i just i just don't understand what makes people's minds tick like that yeah i mean the thing that i don't really i don't know i go back and forth with it because i truly do believe like some killers are born and some killers are made Yes, I just saw. I just watched a thing on TV about that, or on um, a, I don't know. It was some kind of uh, YouTube thing that I was listening. That's exactly what they said. Some people are born with it. So I feel like and it's some all are made. I feel like it's all a psychological thing. Mm-hmm. Because okay, if you're born with it, you obviously have like that psychological. I don't defect. I don't want to say defect, but yeah, like a psychological defect, I guess. And then whenever you go through that, like, kind of abuse and stuff like that, which, I don't know, at the same time, people go through abuse and, like, shitty situations all the time, and they don't, not everyone turns out to be serial killers, so. But a lot of people seek help. And I bet if you go and look at the serial killers, and if they did have psychological problems, they never, they never went to doctors and got any kind of help or any kind of medication or anything. I mean, I'm, I don't know. This is just my personal opinion, but I bet they didn't. Yeah, true. And they just they just let it eat at him and eat at him and eat at him, and eventually it just you know true. took over. Because lots of people have trauma in their lives, you know what I mean? Yeah, and not lots of people get beat in their lives, sexually molested in their lives growing up, unfortunately, and and they don't turn out to be like that. So I mm-hmm. I think a lot of it has to do with you know. Whether or not you seek help. Yeah, I agree. It's crazy. I could be wrong. That's just my my thought process. Yeah, I know. So, I am sorry for the length of this episode because it's going to be really short. And I didn't go into a ton of detail. I've been sick all week. Brandon's Although, been sick all week. What? I said you don't feel very well. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I've been sick all week. Brand's been sick all week. And, oh my gosh, I completely forgot about this. We took Tinsley to the vet the other day because she was in terrible pain. And we thought maybe, like, her jaw was out of socket or something. And we get there and we find out that she has, like, a bad, multiple bad teeth. And so she's going to have to have surgery to have them removed. And it's a whole thing. So we've been dealing with that. She's on some medication for it right now. And she, it was so cute, but also sad. So they had to um, give her some sedative the other day um, just to even look in her mouth because she would not let them near her. And so they gave her some sedative. And whenever they brought her back out to us, her tongue was hanging out of her mouth. She looked like a little stroke victim. It was really cute, though. I hate to say it, but it was really cute because she had, like, no control of her mouth. And it, mm. it was actually really cute. I've seen pictures of like, 
I've seen pictures of the dogs with their little tongue hanging out, and I always wondered yeah. how how they got it to do that. Now, now I know. Yeah, stroke. Yeah, but she's gonna be okay. Yeah. So we've been nursing her back to health. She has surgery in a couple of weeks. Um. Yeah, I've been literally been sick all week. Brandon's been sick all week. He's doing a lot better than me though because he's literally been taking medication. Literally before he even had any symptoms, he literally just had like a little sniffle, and he's like, "Oh, gotta take the medicine." And I did yep. not do that, and that was my problem. As that, soon as I start sneezing, I take cold medicine, and it usually kicks it. Well, on a happy problem. note, somebody got engaged. Oh yes! If you follow us on, thank you. If you follow us on Instagram, then you already know this information. But yes. My boyfriend is now my fiance. We got engaged on Monday, and that is why we didn't have an episode on Monday. And it actually got pushed back to Tuesday because I completely forgot to actually post it. It was edited and everything, but I literally forgot to post it. So that's why it was a day late. But yeah, so exciting. So we got a bunch of wedding planning stuff to do. Oh, yeah ton of stuff going on um i'm currently working on my new office because previously i had an office upstairs and we switched my old office which was my office to our bedroom and so now i'm turning our old bedroom into my office and it needs some work so i'm currently repainting it and i realized i don't know why i didn't realize this previously but i started painting and I'm painting the trim white, and I realized, oh, crap, the ceiling is not white. It's like this taupey color, so I realized that real quick whenever I got paint on the ceiling, and so now I'm in the process of painting the ceiling. <laughs> so that's fun. Oh, well. That's fun. A, a fresh coat of paint makes everything look nicer. True, but I didn't realize it at the time. And they yeah, you don't. Probably wouldn't have painted it. I mean, how many times do you look at the freaking ceiling? I know. It does make sense, though, because, like, that room has always been, like, so dark. Mm-hmm. And so now I know why it was so dark, because it was a, the freaking ceiling was taupe. Yep. So, yeah, working on my office, wedding planning, all of the things we got going on. Yeah, I gotta repaint the bathroom because almost an entire year ago, Brandon was like, you know what? I'm gonna repaint the bathroom. And he painted one wall. One wall. And he realized in the midst of painting that one wall that there was white stuff in the roller. And I'm like, yeah, there's white stuff in the roller because that's the roller that I use to paint my office white. So now we have literally one wall painted in our bathroom and there's like white stuff all over it because of the white paint. And it's been like that for almost a year. And so he goes goes on vacation in March and I'm forcing him to finally paint it. We've been replacing the flooring in our family room. So yeah, been busy doing that. So I get you. Yeah, that was a year in the making too. Mm Mm-hmm. Busy, busy, busy. 
All right. But that is it for this episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. And we will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye.